Hello, it is Thursday, October 15th, and we got a big one today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard, Nick Saban and the athletic director at Alabama have the COVID. <clears throat> T's and P's for them, obviously, uh, and for everybody that has the COVID. But on to talk about that with us today, the host of College Game Day, Reese Davis. Yeah. This is his first appearance on the show. That's a big get. I have no idea where this conversation is going to go with Reese Davis. I'm pretty excited about it. I've heard he is a legendary bro, like Mm -hmm. just a dude. But he can tie it together, obviously, super professional whenever he's on television. But I've heard he's a great guy. I've never really got to be around him. Even though I'm on game day, it's always like in passing. I'm sprinting to a stage. He's going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I've never really got the chance to chat with him long term. But I think he's a guy that we're going to get along with. We'll talk to him about that. We'll also talk Darren Waller, Las Vegas Raiders tight end that exploded on the scene on Monday Night Football, I think? Uh, Might have been. Sunday Night Football? The first game of the season. So, yeah, it was Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Mm -hmm. He's just tight end with an incredible story. Can't wait to chat with him. And a man who got a mask taken off last night on the Masked Singer, Mm -hmm. front of the show, Former, this is how Nick Cannon called him, NFL quarterback and commentator, (laughs) Mark Sanchez. Not a bad singing voice either, by the way. Like, I texted him and said, not terrible. He was offended by that. So, I said above average then in response. Mm -hmm. It was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, better than a lot of people on that show. Like, I thought he sang well on there. And it was very obviously his voice, though. Like, I think if I was to watch show, I didn't see, I don't watch show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched first season. Then it feels like the show is in the middle of times where I'm watching other things, so I can't keep up with it. I like the concept. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple episodes early in the year where it was very, like, not this year, maybe earlier seasons. Lil Wayne was on there. Right. And it was the most obvious it was Lil Wayne. Yeah. And uh, the three people or whatever, the four people. Uh, that judges are, or whatever. Yeah, like Nick Cannon had to be standing up there like, oh, this is fucking Lil Wayne right here. Like, like, it sounded exactly like his voice. I thought they potentially auto-tuned your voice and made you sound better. Mm-hmm. They don't. Like, if you're bad, they will let you go out there and die, I think. Okay. Mark Sanchez sounded like Mark Sanchez. And, and literally, I was only watching the video after knowing it was Mark Sanchez. Mm-hmm. So I'm not 100% sure whether or not I would have been able to guess, which is kind of the game of the mass Singer. Like, sure. oh, who is it? Lil Wayne, when I didn't get Lil Wayne, I, that might have been the last episode I stopped. Like, I might have stopped watching. some integrity after that. Yeah, like, come on. We know that's fucking Lil Wayne right there. <laughs> but Mark Sanchez lost. What? Got voted off, I guess, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's like Survivor or whatever, if the other animals vote or who votes, but... He got voted off here. Yeah, he got a pretty good pop last night. I was under the impression he was moving on. Top 10 trend on uh, the internet. All the internet. Not just Twitter. We're talking Google. All the internet. Top 10 trend this morning after it. So, Mass Singer still moves the needle. Shout out to Mass yep. Singer. Still doing mm-hmm. it. Great idea. Great concept. And shout out to Sanchez. Still being a Sanchez. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll talk to him. Also, I want to talk to you about how every 26 seconds, there's a break-in in this country right here. But with Simply Safe Home Security, you can protect your whole home around the clock. It's serious, lasting protection. And all it takes is a simple 30-minute setup. You even get free security camera when you protect your home today. More on that in a second. Oh, okay. That's called a tease for the rest of the advertisement here in just a little bit. Okay. Simply Safe is an award-winning arsenal of sensors and security cameras that blanket every inch of your home. We have them here at this office. I have them in my house. 
Ty, you recently moved into a new place. Did you put them in up there? Absolutely. See, I didn't even know that answer before I asked that question. Yes, Ty knows we're in the middle of an advertisement for the company, so he's probably more likely to say yes, but it felt like that was actually a genuine yes because Simply Safe and his experience with it has been awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better. We have it in the office, like you mentioned. I liked uh, the integration. I said, hey, I got to have this at my house, too. It's so simple to set up. Mm-hmm. A stooge could set it up. Absolutely. I actually did set it up, and this is not something that's in my wheelhouse. Everybody knows I can barely log into my laptop if I have to. You'll know your home and family are always safe. You set Simply Safe up in a few minutes without any tools or wiring or technician or salesperson that has stepped foot in your home. I'm big on this. I don't like people in my fucking house. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, the only silver lining in my, for this entire thing is the food delivery people. Don't, you don't even have to act like you have to talk to them. Yep, they just drop it right. off outside. Absolutely. It's the best. I love that. So do I. I don't like people coming in the house. Whenever you had to get security in the past, which I did not grow up with, obviously, a security system in my house. But then as you get older and you have things in there that you think you should potentially want to protect and Mm -hmm. you kind of grow into, okay, I'm going to have a security system in my house. The first one that came into a house that I had was literally the most irritating thing of all time. Because if you want your house to be actually protected, they have to be in parts of your house that you don't want them to be in. And they're just trampling around, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. They, then they get out there, and they're cutting into your fucking wall. And then it's, how, oh, how do I view this? Oh, you got to go to this website and then put in this password and this, this, and this. Simply Safe is like, no, no, no. You just go ahead and set it up. And then you'll have an app that you'll click on and you'll just, it'll take you right to all the cameras. Anytime there's movement, the cameras will start recording. So that'll be both backlogged and updated to your phone. Mm-hmm. It's just so so easy and simple and especially in the content era that we're in right now it'll catch something if something crazy happens oh yeah if you need to pull a clip from that thing you certainly can there's no contract no hidden fees and no insulation costs it's why u.s news and world report named simply safe best overall home security in all of 2020 wow nothing to sneeze at Right now, visit simplysafe.com slash McAfee and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order. There's nothing to lose. Go today to simplysafe.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E, simplysafe.com slash McAfee, 60-day risk-free trial. Wow. Wow. Let's get to the show. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. At Tone Diggs, how you doing? Keep it moving. What was your big thought when you woke up this morning when it came to the NFL? Well, to the NFL, it's it's definitely where Le'Veon Bell is going to go because it's not every day. Quick that- question. Quick question. Is it Le'Veon or is it Le'Veon? I always Ooh. say, what did I say? You said Le'Veon, but also the person we talked to yesterday, I forget who it was, they also said Le'Veon. So I don't I know how the posture works after an L-E. Sometimes it's silent, sometimes it's not. Yeah, because where is the E? Is it in the English language or is that French E uh, potentially? That's, I thought it was a French E. That's why I said Le'Veon. Yeah, and by the way, you would be right there. Target. But then, but then I also call him Lev Bell. Yeah, Instead of exactly. Lev Bell. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I call, it gets... I call him Lev Bell yeah. as well. But the person that talked to us about him yesterday said Le'Veon, and they felt like they were in a position to know that name a lot better than me. So if Le'Veon or Le'Veon is watching or listening, know that it's not our fault. We've heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. We would like to get it cleared up. But we'd also like to get cleared up. Where the hell is he going? Yeah, It is getting interesting. The conversation right now is that there's three teams in the hunt. And this is coming from Jeremy Fowler, who covered Le'Veon or Le'Veon uh-huh. Bell whenever he was at the Pittsburgh Steelers so let's assume maybe they had a good relationship and he has an inside scoop on this right now the conversation is around the Chiefs 
because the rich get richer and they could use him in the backfield, I guess. Uh, the Bills, because they are like 26th or 28th in rushing in the NFL. And if Josh Allen had Le'Veon Bell, that would be awesome. And the Dolphins uh, are very much in the hunt. That has come out that the Dolphins are, are really trying to make a play here. Now, it is very intriguing because the Jets' next three opponents <laughs> are the the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Chiefs. <laughs> so if this is a spite sign out of Le'Veon Bell, we respect it even more. Don't think he'll be able to play this weekend for any team that he signs for because of the COVID-19 protocol, two-day this, that thing. But he did just come from a place where he's in the protocol. So if he passes two, is he automatically back? And if he takes that now, will he be able to be good? Let's assume he misses this week wherever he signs. But if you look at those three teams and the Kansas City Chiefs, if they if they pull this off, it'll be even more amazing that they have this money. Now, granted, the Jets have to pay for everything that the signing team doesn't pay up to $6 million. So we assume everybody's going to pay him $850,000 or $875,000, whatever it is, which is the veteran minimum deal, and then just have the Jets pick up the tab on the other side, five point whatever, one five five point one two five million, uh, and have Le'Veon Bell and the team say, uh, fuck you to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which is exactly what they would do. But if you look at the Dolphins and the Bills, and I think at Bus and Connor might have brought this up earlier, or somebody else, or Gumpy did, who's a diehard fan of the Dolphins. Isn't it interesting that the AFC East now, he was on the Jets. They're obviously getting rid of him. But the other two teams, they, yes, he would obviously be good for their team. And in Miami, who knows? how that'll be off the field because that is where his rap career was taking off the year he held out. But are the Bills and the Chiefs like, well, we can't have Belichick get this guy. Andy would help our team. Let's go ahead and make a play. And I think to Gumpy as a Dolphins fan, it doesn't matter if it's B-Flow trying to make sure Belichick doesn't get him or if it's the Dolphins saying, fuck you to Gase again. You don't care how you get Le'Veon Bell on your team. You're pumped for him, right? One game out of a playoff spot, baby. We get <laughs> Bell. We're right in the mix. Do you think Miami could potentially be problematic uh, for Le'Veon Bell off the field because we saw his holdout year? We're talking yachts, jet skis, mm-hmm. rap album release parties at 2 a.m. Yeah. He had a good time. It was actually uh, it was entertaining to follow along. You know, he comes back into football, says he still has more to prove. He's focused on football. But do you think the distractions of South Beach might be too much for a guy who already got to experience it for an entire year, Gumpy? Uh-oh. But if he also wants to get paid next year, get another big deal, he has to show up this year, right? Oh, Ooh. so what is the motivation? Is it the yachts and the thoughts, or is it the big cash? That is the question that we're going to have to ask, and I'm intrigued to see how it all works out. I got a DM from somebody last night that told me that Le'Veon Bell was spotted in a Buffalo airport last Ooh, night. Wow. I have a friend that works at the Anchor Bar in the Buffalo airport, which I have eaten at, by the way. <laughs> I have eaten at that said exact restaurant. Not a lot of options in the Buffalo airport to eat, by the way. The Anchor Bar is basically the only place you can go and will go. So although the source was not anybody I knew or anywhere near legitimate, I just wanted to put out a feeler. Does Bill's Mafia need Le'Veon Bell? And there was a lot of Buffalo Bills fans that were like, absolutely, that would help our rush. And then there was a lot of Buffalo Bills fans that were like, don't need him in the culture. Is Le'Veon Bell in the same conversation? And I'm not saying that person was right or wrong, and that's why I'm not in the insider uh, news world, because there's reports that he was also in Kansas City in the airport, too. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You can't, that's why I'm not an insider, because I do potentially get scoops, but said scoops could come from 
said stooge that is making things up that could be you know kind of doing the old bait for me so i just kind of stay out of that game we let the professionals do it unless they want to sell manscaped stuff and then get them out of the tour yeah kick them out of the tour promo code rap sheet yeah have to do it at least get him a little bit more money on the back side of that thing so when i asked if he if buffalo needed him a lot of buffalo bills fans bills mafia said no we don't need him in our culture we don't need that is Le'Veon bell at that point because if you if you listen to Pittsburgh Steelers fans, when he and AB left Pittsburgh, they were the toxic twins, is what Mark Madden called him. And Pittsburgh was like, get him the hell out, right? Just get him. Le'Veon Bell held out. They're like, we hate him. Keep him moving. Then what happened with Antonio Brown off the field, everywhere else? Pittsburgh Steelers fans are like, we were right about that. But the way everything has happened off the field for Lev Bell and on the field and the way he's spoken about Pittsburgh, it feels like Steelers fans are like, hey, we'll take him right back in Pittsburgh if he wants to. He kind of separated himself from that bad image. Is it because he liked two tweets that said Adam Gase was a stooge, which is what everybody's thinking, that they're saying he's bad for the culture? I don't – in my eyes, I think of Le'Veon Bell. I'm not thinking, like, is this guy going to come through Miley Cyrus wrecking ball into yeah. our locker? I don't think that. Like, I think, oh, is this guy going to try? Is this guy going to be the guy he was from three years ago or not? That's my only thoughts. The amount of tweets that I got from people saying he'll ruin our culture, I found I was like, holy shit. Like, that's what people think of Lay or Le'Veon Bell. That was interesting to me. I think he definitely has that reputation. Kind of When he was in Pittsburgh, um, we were definitely upset when he sat out, but it was because of money. It was never anything in the locker room or anything like that. When he left or whatever, when he got his money, it seemed like teammates on the Pittsburgh Steelers were happy for him. Completely different one from what Antonio Brown, what was coming out of the locker room Ooh. about Antonio Brown. And Le'Veon Bell got in trouble for smoking a blunt with Blunt, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't yes. that something that happened? Yeah. But that was. But to be honest, awesome. now that we're learning more and more, hopefully those people that maybe judge him for that, and we're learning more and more about potentially the people who are doing the same exact recreational activities, just not as dumb doing it in mm-hmm. a car, which, by the way, not safe, don't do it. Very stupid. Very, very, very stupid. <laughs> very stupid. <laughs> Brutal. Just so dumb. I mean, can't, be, can't doing be doing it. it. And somebody, somebody <laughs> in our office potentially has the same exact rap sheet as Le'Veon Bell right. that we did not know about. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> potentially has the same exact thing. And it is so dumb to do that. And I would assume that's your, you can that could be your takeaway is like, hey, very stupid to be, be in that situation, obviously. But it's not like he was trying to bury was, that team no. by doing that. He was also very young with a veteran in that situation. So. And, oh. and by the way, that team was successful, those two. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I think maybe we should bring that into perspective. So I don't know the people that are like, this guy stinks. It's like, I, I don't know. It, I think it look. was more so his agent than him. Yeah, whenever he was like, this is what we want, we expect this. He kind of looked like a – but that's business, right? So, so when NFL teams do business in a fashion that's scumbaggish, people are like, oh, Foxy, that's what, this is what they say. That's business, baby. That's literally what they say. Mm-hmm. But whenever Le'Veon Bell's agent was doing the exact same thing – now, granted, it did not always sound like, oh, that's how a human should speak about himself. Like, but that's just – that's them doing business that way. But I think since him getting his deal done and moving forward, I think that has almost been forgotten about, but not by a lot of people, apparently. I was wrong, and I, was, I misread that. What's up, at Nick Morado? Yeah, like Diggs iterated earlier, there weren't like major things. There were just little things with Lev, like him missing the walkthrough before the Jaguars game of a playoff game. Can't, uh, can't do that, by He way. seemed ah. to always end up can't, hurt. Can't. 
in can't the big games in the playoff game against the Patriots too. That, that you can't blame him for that, but fans obviously are not the most rational. Of my no, mind you can blame him for missing a walkthrough the day before a playoff game. I did not know that happened. So now that that news is kind of showing up mm. in my life here, maybe it is like a question like this guy isn't that committed. He also it. with the Jets, I believe he missed practice on Thursday and Friday, and then went bowling on Saturday and missed the game on <laughs> on Sunday. That was that whole thing last year. <laughs> but that was with the Jets, so I, mean, I don't bowl. know if you hold that two fifty one. Oh, wow. Pretty good. So, he, I mean, so how's he reason. keep bowling 251 if he doesn't fucking practice? What, just because he can't take a shot to the skull on a Sunday, he's not allowed to roll some balls to keep his 251 average up? Get the guy in the PBA. Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody tweeted me, by the way, that they shot a 300 last night. I didn't know that's how you, you score bowling. Well, that person lied to you because yeah, I, I don't think believe it that is. is how you, I think <laughs> you, you roll a 300. No, I think we're roll. also not in I'm the gonna, professional bowling world, are well, we? Well, I'm going to guess I that mean, guy didn't roll a 300 yeah. then. Because <laughs> a few times I did watch the documentary on uh, Pete Weber. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, the guy that you are. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I thought Turns it was out to... he loved cocaine, didn't oh, he? No. No way. <laughs> no. Is that, he's a bad boy of bowling. He probably was <laughs> doing plenty of other stuff, too. <laughs> Him and Billy Salesman were doing it every single day. They're like, you know, I don't love when people automatically assume because I talk fast and I normally have energy that I'm just out here rolling in the Colombian Bam Bam. I'd like to let you know. Not my thing. Nope. Not my thing at all. I've known a lot of people, but it's not my thing at all. I've actually, I've tried it a couple times, and every time I've done it, I'm like, this is not my thing. This is terrible. And I have a pretty good way of knowing if something's my thing or not, and that was not. So all the people that are maybe new to the show thinking, they're like, oh, this guy talks so fast. He must be on some drugs. It might be on some. Not the case at all. This is just how it is. This, just is, just, this is just the way it operates. That is the one thing that I don't like. Everybody's just like, oh, he's cokehead. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> slow <laughs> down. Shit. Very aggressive. That is very aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't understand it. Tried Adderall a couple times. May, almost wanted to jump over a fence, obviously, but I didn't like what it did. I, I, I thought it was out of control. I was like, hey, get me out of here. I can't do it. Take you to the next level, though. Yeah, huh? I, I have to go the other way, by the way, with the old vitamins. I have to slow things down. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it gets going. And it is not great. By the way, we just thought as we were recording the podcast, uh, we re-record a couple parts of the podcast before the show to keep the podcast separate from the live show with the interviews of the live show. There's like a a fine balance here. And we have a Mm -hmm. daily podcast, obviously, the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. So if you miss any part of the show, you can download that. And uh, today's episode, you learn quickly about how my brain literally operates in real time. We just created maybe goal number two in my life at this moment. To become a Grammy-nominated whistler. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I... Because I think I'm a pretty good whistler, and I'm not going to give it away for free right now. No, no, no. no. nor should you. It is on the podcast, though, and I do believe... And I said this on the podcast. I, so maybe that's not good just to say everything I said on the podcast because we just said there's other <laughs> stuff. Uh-huh. But hey, that's business, baby. The, um, there's a chance we get to interview Luke Combs here, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Lukey. So I guess Luke Combs, potential fan of show. Okay. I got a message from somebody that says, hey, Luke, fan of the show. He's going to be doing interviews in a little bit, so I assume he's releasing an album or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yep. Would you want to have him on a show if it was available? I'm like, yes. Okay. Long cold beer broke my heart. He's right about that, by the way. Yeah, Straight, he man. is. I is never he heard. that song? He ain't never lie whenever you talk about that stuff. But he... He's coming on the show. I'm going to have to put his foot to the fire about me potentially being a backup whistler yeah. in a, a song. Yeah. And it needs to be a song that potentially wins a Grammy because I would like to be a Grammy-nominated or a Grammy-winning whistler. Right. Can we ask him about the Crocs he sent us? Yep, we absolutely can. And where the song was because we yeah. were told yeah. that the looking. song was in the Crocs mm-hmm. and we still have yet to get that. He won a Billboard Music Award last night wow. for Country Artist of the Year or something like that. Let's go, really? Yeah, Big bald, honor. bald head. 
Really? He had a bu- he had like a, wow. a buzzed head, good beard still. Gave a great performance. Just him at a piano. You know what Ooh. I mean? Ooh. Ooh. Anyways, I'm gonna force him to make me whistle on the back of a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I decided. I don't I've never talked to him before. You know, I like his music. I will always like his music. Hopefully he'll like the show forever. Yeah. But if he doesn't put me in the back of a song, I'll, I'll probably never have him on the show. Yeah. Make the whistle song. Now. Hey, that's business, Make baby. It. Make the song. Make the song. Damn it. By the way, Luke Combs going to win a Grammy probably relatively soon. Oh, yeah. I would assume yeah. that there is a chance that said whistle song could make or win a Grammy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially so we can see how that could. God. There we go. Does okay. everyone get a Grammy? Like a uh, what's that? Does everyone get one? That's a part of the song? Or just oh, the main yeah. person. That is my impression. It feels like there's a lot of Grammys floating around there. Because mm-hmm. every time they did a Cribs episode. Yeah, there's like 80 of them. There's 80 Grammys in the background. It's like, I did not know you were associated. Is that, you're on the thong song? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was a part of a producer. Yeah. I do think they kind of hand those things out like hotcakes if you were a part of the production. So yeah. hopefully my whistle makes a large enough appearance in said song that we have a Grammy ready. <laughs> yeah. And if not, break off a damn piece and give it to you. Yeah, he's going to get enough Grammys. Exactly. Yeah. Snap one in half and just hand your hand. He's incredibly it. talented. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote a song like on spot during the quarantine that was like a banger yeah. of a oh, song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is he selfish or not? Handing out Grammys. How at many this Grammys point? are you going to get? Jesus. I don't know if that's kosher or not, but that's why the show stinks. <laughs> Joining us now is a Super Bowl champion and a national champion and a man who calls big-time college football on the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, out of uh, Dayton, Centerville, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. A.J. Hawk. Cole. Cole. I'm excited for Darren uh, Waller. The dude's an absolute stud. He is an absolute animal. And I guess he was on a practice squad, and then he was basically signed and told, like, hey, you're the guy now. And then his entire sobriety. I mean, this is I'm, – I'm pretty pumped for the conversation we're about to have with old Darren Waller. Yeah, so am I. I don't know what it looks like going out to people, but it's super zoomed in on my side. Yeah, you're. I mean, you might be a little bit zoomed in, but you look very normal. Is it? You actually. And by the way, you have the as we've talked about on play occasion is you have that uh, that home plate like jawline, and it just looks very very good. You know what I mean? So don't you worry about how you look, AJ. You look fantastic. Before we get to Darren Waller, I know you're a big uh, mixed martial arts guy. Conor McGregor said him and Dustin Poirier uh, should fight down there in Jerry World because that's the only stadium that's big enough to hold the amount of people that he has. And then he's planning, basically he announced that he's fighting Poirier because he's a southpaw, I guess, which is in preparation to box against Manny Pacquiao, which is his next fight. And it, it sounds like the way he's tweeting about this is he just wants to be known as like this mixed martial art, like, guru like expert he's like i'm just staying sharp basically like he's doing these fights not for business like this isn't you know this is just me to stay sharp basically at this point good for him i'm pumped for it and hopefully jerry jones will be able to make that happen but who knows with the you know COVID 19 whether or not this will be possible ever well who knows if dana white's gonna agree to it either i know there's back and forth between uh connor and dana too Hey, you know, Connor, when he gets that hand out like this and oh, starts yeah. doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and then, by the way, boxing can't do that. You have to be, he said it's two very different styles, and it's very difficult, he actually said during the tweet. It's very difficult to do both, but I'm kind of doing both right yeah. now. Just, <laughs> just want to let everybody know that's what I'm doing. I love the confidence. I love the business style. Hopefully it all happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Jerry World, I have performed down there. I uh, We sold it out, obviously. Uh, Indianapolis Colts sold that place out whenever mm-hmm. I was on the team. Yeah, so, yeah. place is gorgeous. It would be awesome. I don't know how many, if, would they have, 
160,000 people then if you were able to put people on the field that would be massive and I would assume Dana White would be okay with that I don't know if that's how many tickets it would sell Uh, let's pivot back uh, to the NFL ladies and gentlemen joining us now is a man who went to uh, the Georgia Tech this is a man who popped up on the scene this year in a massive fashion ladies and gentlemen tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders Darren Waller yeah boy Darren how you doing bub I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing? Oh, great voice. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, that was just, that's unbelievable. Good for you. And before we even talk about football, we'll just dive right into the little note I have here. Uh, you produce music in your spare time. Is that your hobby? You produce music. And do you sing as well with that, that voice you have there? Uh, yeah, I produce. I record. I just got done recording a song myself. So, Ooh, What's the name of it? Can we get a sneak peek of it? Or is it, we have to wait until it's officially released? Uh, the song's called Came Back. It's more, it's like a, like a song about like a comeback story. Which is your story, basically, right? I mean, that is, you're very much a comeback story at this point. We learned a little bit about it on, I believe, Monday Night Football when they were talking about it there. If you could walk some people who maybe haven't heard it yet, we're talking to Darren Waller here, tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. You were on a practice squad somewhere, and then John Gruden basically said, hey, you're going to be our guy. Is that the entire story, or how did it come to be for you to be a Las Vegas Raider and come out of nowhere, really? Yeah, long story short, I got drafted to the Ravens in 2015, and I was getting suspended a lot and in and out of the league. And when I got reinstated by the Ravens in 2018, they cut me and put me on the practice squad. And so I was there till about Thanksgiving of that year. And then the Raiders saw me warming up uh, before the game when the Raiders played the Ravens, and then they claimed me the next day. Who is that? <laughs> Listen, I, I was out here running the stairs early. His coaches will run the stairs before the stadium or before the game, and sometimes it's practice while working out. I just like to think of Gruden running the stairs, going down the steps, or Mayock, and just being like, all right, listen, what the fuck is that thing <laughs> right over there? Let's go ahead and get that in next day picking you up. That's a great comeback story. AJ, what do you got, boss? Yeah, Darren, you mentioned your story a little bit, and you said you, you were suspended a few times. Did you? Was there ever a moment when you thought, hey, this is it? Like, I'm not going to play in the NFL again? Uh, yeah, definitely. I basically sabotaged my way out of the league. I didn't want to be there anymore. And then when I was out of the league for like the first six months of my suspension, I didn't even want to go back. I have a trainer, uh, shot to Quay Mack. He was on me about, you know, giving it another shot, but I wasn't really here and I couldn't make it through the workouts. But about halfway through that suspension, I, I felt a new desire to play football and just kind of ran with it. Shout out Quay Mack for sure. What was the reason why you didn't want to be in the NFL anymore? I had that similar experience whenever I got uh, arrested for an alleged uh, event. I was definitely drunk. What they said I did, I mean, to be determined still to this, the case is out on it. But during my suspension and when I came back, I almost felt like jaded towards the league. Like I felt like uh, I almost, I was like, these people don't even like me here. And I shouldn't have felt that way because I put myself in that position. But a lot of people, my close friends, when I was talking about them, I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I'd rather do something else. And they're like, you're an idiot. This is the NFL. What was it for you that you felt against the uh, NFL or football in general that made you want to say, you know what, I don't even want to get back into this thing after a suspension or two yeah football for me basically it just came a tool to impress other people to get validation from men around me to get validation from women uh just people in general just because i didn't feel like i was enough for some reason and so football became that and just the weight of that going from high school to college to the nfl and that pressure just multiplies every level you go to i just couldn't take it anymore and it was just like i couldn't cope with anything without you know, being as high as I possibly could or as drunk as possible. So that's when it was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I could feel like death coming. Damn. 
Hey, that what is changed? that's some real stuff right there. Yeah, AJ, I'm sorry. Yeah, what changed to to where now? Like you, you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, I went to rehab, and that was kind of like the game changer for me. And it basically gave me a chance to, you know, get in touch with who I really was, what I really valued, um, things that I really enjoy, like music, like you know, just things that make just are me, and I don't have to gain any outside approval for that. And then once I could really love myself and respect myself. I was able to look at the game like I did when I was like five, six years old and just be like, I enjoy the competitive aspect and just playing. So I had to get my mind there. I had to, you know, take steps away from football and just focus on the person. And then once I could get the person right, I could go and play football and not have to worry about what everybody else thought. Did you feel like you had to prove to people that you weren't just a football player too? Like you were sick of just being labeled just a football player? Like this guy is just a football player, just a football which happens, by the way, when you get to the NFL, everybody's like, oh, that person's good at football. And you're like, well, I'm a lot more than that too. Do you think you were potentially fighting that as well? Uh, yeah, but I try to see it now more as, um, you know, give a more human aspect to players because they see us and they expect us to be perfect and superheroes when we're really human beings that deal with a whole bunch of stuff and, uh, but we have our we have things that we like outside of football because we're human beings. It's it's a great game, but at the end of the day, it's work as well. When we step away, we have other passions that we enjoy, and uh, I just want to let people know that you know we have every right to pursue those like everyone else does. Hey, what's it like being around John Gruden and uh, Mayock? Mayock being the GM, they seem like a bunch of or two just meatheads that absolutely <laughs> live for football. Legit. And you guys are playing well, so they seem to be very excited right now. Like, what is it day to day with those guys? Yeah, but, I mean, the way you described it is perfect. They just eat, sleep, and breathe football, man. They're just, you know, psychos about it. And Gruden, just that energy is always there. You, He always keeps you on your toes every day. Um, Mayock is, you know, foaming at the mouth about football and always making decisions and evaluating people, and you can tell he's always locked in. So it's it's amazing to be around them. You, you, we can feed off their energy, and they can feed off of ours as well. Have you ever not knocked when he says, knock on wood if you're with me? What was the question? Um, I'm guilty of not knocking. Oh! <laughs> hey, buy in, Darren. Why don't you fucking buy in? <laughs> Unbelievable. You get the daydreaming sometimes. <laughs> uh, you exploded on the scene, and I don't want to say that. Did you feel a sense of like validation for the decision you made to come back to football? Whenever you start having these massive games, and you become a focal point on an offense. Um. It felt like all along, like everything that I went through was for a reason. Like I was supposed to be playing the game, like no matter how much I sabotaged it or said I wanted to be away from the game of football, like I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And I somehow made it back here against all the odds. And it does it does feel great. It's just good to enjoy life and to, you know, look in the mirror and respect the way that I'm living and trying to handle business and just trying to be there for my teammates. Hey, knock on wood if you're with them, man. AJ didn't knock, Darren. Wow. AJ, 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 AJ knocked. AJ. I knocked. Okay, well, AJ didn't. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> it's, a fake, it's a fake wood table I'm sitting at. But, Darren, I actually watched your uh, – you were mic'd up. Was it last game or the one before? Uh, it was the game this past Sunday. Yeah, okay, so you were mic'd up. I watched that. And then I've also watched Hunter Renfro, who is another amazing character on your team. You guys are both mic'd up. I'm watching it. And it seems like you guys may be two of the most positive – NFL players I've ever been around. Is it like that every game? Like, you guys are so juiced, just pumping everybody up the whole game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I try to keep it that way. It's it's such a long game, and, you know, with all the pressure that we have on us, it's so easy to, you know, get super high when you have a good play or, or get down on yourself when you have a bad play. So I just try to, you know, bring a little light to it. And you can't really be the best player that you can be if you're not having fun, in a sense, if you're not, you know, having a good time. Because if it's just, like, bogging you down and you're just out there trying to, 
you know, make it through, then it's not going to be fun. You're not going to be playing to the best of your ability. So we try to bring that energy. What was your 40? What do you run? I ran 4.46. And that was back when you hated football? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are, you, are you in better shape now than you were then? Because a lot of the conversation around you, that first game when you exploded, he was like, he's also faster than you. So not only is he bigger, not only can he run great routes, he's also faster than everybody, which isn't always normal for the tight end position. Do you feel like you're in your best shape you've ever been? Absolutely. Um, really? just, just from uh, taking care of my body better, um, eating better. You know, back then I was fast food, fried food oh, yeah. every day, um, not going to treatment, not taking care of my legs, not taking care of anything. So I feel like now it's definitely the best shape I've ever been in. How old are you, Darren? I'm, I just turned 28. Oh, happy birthday, man, by the way. Happy birthday, happy birthday, Darren. Hey, Darren, we're happy for you. You still got a lot of years left in this thing. I, I Now, forgive me for asking this question, but Las Vegas probably isn't like the, the best place for somebody who has turned their life around or is it the best place to be for somebody to turn their life? Like, did you even have a thought about that, uh, about like how Las Vegas could potentially be a problem? Cause I think there's a lot of right now, NFL teams are trying to figure out how, whenever their team visits in there, uh, aside from quarantine, how we keep everybody locked down. The Vegas flu happened in the NHL for the golden Knights, like the first six months yeah. of their existence. Did you ever think about that from a personal standpoint, making Las Vegas home and how you'd be able to handle that? And how have you handled that? Uh, yeah, I've been able to see it from both sides. Like at first I knew it was like, if I'm not on my P's and Q's as far as my daily routine and working my program, then Vegas could be a place that could be trouble for me. But, uh, it's motivated me to, you know, stay on top of things. I know that people are looking to me for inspiration in a way. So I use that as fuel too, but it's been great living here. Uh, I live in the Henderson community and it's super nice. Um, a lot of great restaurants, you know, Target and Sprouts are right across the street. Like it's, a cool, it's a cool neighborhood, man. So I, I feel safe here. I feel welcome here. Oh, good for you, Darren. That's awesome. What do you got, AJ? Hey, do, you, do uh, any of your coaches, I know you're still young. I mean, you're only 28, but are are you kind of in that mentor role? Like, do you have young, do coaches bring young players to you that may be going through some stuff and talk to you? Um, yeah, there have been guys that have, um, like we've signed or considered that, you know, I've had some, instances off of the field like me and they kind of see me uh getting over to the other side and they say if i ever have anything to share with them uh to you know just give them some hope give them some encouragement as to you know what things could be for them and it doesn't always have to be you know anxiety of you know your own decision making you can overcome that so i try to share that with young guys whenever possible how do you feel about that Raiders team? You guys are winning games, man. And nobody, I think nobody really talks about the Raiders, especially because in the AFC, so much had happened in the offseason and the Chiefs are still there. But your team is very, very good right now. That has to feel good. And what is Carr like on a day-to-day? Because all you ever hear about Carr is that Gruden hates him. That's all you ever hear. And then you see him on primetime TV. He had the nicest cleats i've seen i think he had black jordans with the white underneath Mm -hmm. of it with the i mean that's that's what i see what is it like in there and you guys have a damn good team why is that um yeah i just feel like there's talent on both sides of the ball talent in the kicking game um oh yeah you know it's just a lot of young a lot of young guys uh asserting themselves on both sides free agent veterans as well so i mean i I, I love our team right now i love henry coming back Uh, can't wait to get brian back out there we got big trent out there now Mm. um but Derek, yeah, Derek is taking over. He's playing as efficient as he's ever played. Um, he's super confident right now. Uh, great command in the huddle. Um, you know, hangs out with all the guys on the team. Isn't, you know, just hanging out with guys that he likes. He's always talking to everyone in the building. So that, that kind of stuff I feel like carries over 
and um, just the way that he prepares is unbelievable, and you can see it. Oh, yeah, you guys hang out. You guys weren't wearing masks at that thing. That's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I heard about that. It was unbelievable. Yeah, isn't the isn't the place where you had your charity event? Aren't they getting fined? Uh, yeah, they've gotten hit. A, they've gotten hit a couple times now. I think. Ooh, hey, what is life like? Because you're doing a charity event, giving back to the world, making the world a better place, and then somehow that was spun into you're a terrible guy. <laughs> like what you're doing with the ma- the mask thing right now. We I've heard that there's a mask force that walks through the building. It's like three people walking through with a a notepad, basically making sure people are on it. You have to have the mask above nose, below jaw at all points. You can't be. You have to come in. Is it just insane? And do you see it being able to be duplicated and replicated for the last, what, 11, 12 weeks of this season? Because we're starting to see little outbreaks in places. Do you think that'll continue or do you think everybody will be able to tighten down? And is it even possible to adhere to the protocols that they have on a day to day basis? Um, first off, everything that you said was correct. Um, there are mask police walking around the building um, at all times, making sure you have a mask on. Um, you got to wear a mask while you're lifting weights. You got to wear a mask during walkthrough. Um, so it is tough. Um, they've got these different breakout meeting rooms, and we can't eat with each other. You got you can only have one person per table while you eat. So it's a lot of stuff, and it keeps from you know those little bonding moments that you have during the day where you do get some downtime, and you can't you can't be in the locker room longer than fifteen minutes. So. They're making it tough on us, and it's going to be tough to uphold, but, I mean, we really don't have any other choice. The guys are still trying to play the games, trying, trying to get paid, so we're going to do it to the best of our ability. It's going to take all of us, man. It's going to yep. take all of us. Hey, Darren, last thing, last thing for me at least, had, do you guys talk to your head coach at all about his choice of masks that he wore, especially early in the season? <laughs> like, that guy, I don't even know what he's wearing. Do you guys get to with him about it? That is his own decision. He's going to come out there with a cut-off T-shirt sleeve all around his face. So, I don't know, man, but I love Gru. Hey, everybody knows he's worth $100 million. Does he – Does he? what is he like? Is he a hard ass? Is he cool? Is he funny? Because when I'm watching Hard Knocks, it was not what I expected out of John Gruden at all. He had, like, little jokes with people. He had this. He had that. I, I thought he would be, like, a hard hard ass, but it seems like he is exactly what he's like on Monday Night Football, which is incredibly intelligent and informative, insightful, and hilarious, it feels like. Is that what he is like as a coach as well? Yeah, it's all it's all the same. There's no TV gimmick or anything like that. It's all the same energy. Um, he'll be a hard ass, but it's only when it's, like, complete lack of effort or things that you know would, would piss anyone off he'll get mad about those but it's always positive energy it's always jokes it's always encouragement um yeah you got i love being around him he probably gets very upset when you don't knock on wood so <laughs> yeah. why don't you think about that darren stuff fucking around what do you got Diggs? darren was there can you remember a point or a game where because you were unknown and then you came out of nowhere and then then you had defenses having their game plan prepared for you and then you kind of had to change how you uh approach the game um yeah it started pretty early last season um within the first couple weeks honestly i could see cloud coverage if i went outside or i was by myself um in brackets if i'm you know at a normal number three wide receiver spot so it started off pretty early within like the first four games Uh, after that minnesota game last year people were really like okay like this guy's the most targeted guy so we're locking in on him now. And so it's crazy to have that like within five games of being a starter, but it started pretty early. That's quite a compliment, though. I mean, that's feel pretty good. Nobody ever double teamed me. <laughs> Darren, the uh, Raiders drafted uh, Henry Ruggs the third, not the second in the first round this mm-hmm. year. Uh, what has he brought to the team? And is he one of the fastest guys you've ever played with? Um, he 
is definitely one of the fastest guys I've ever played with. I might even put him above Mike Wallace already. Oh, whoa. 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 My, yeah, it, it's it's close, but. I mean, I don't know, man. I might have. I might take my boy Henry. <laughs> you guys have a completely different offense when he's in there. This past weekend, whenever he was in there, I mean, the shots that Derek Carr can hit, which is good for everybody else on the offense, but you guys are a completely different team whenever he's on the field. And you could see, like, why Mike Mayock and Gruden were like, uh, if we had this piece here, this could potentially help us out a lot in this thing. It's like a smart draft choice, I think. He probably could have went somewhere else, too, that could need weapons, but yeah, they chose not man. to. Oh, Ty, no. Ty, you have any questions? Ty Schmidt, you have any questions? Green Bay Packers fan, do you have any questions uh, for uh, yeah, I do. Darren, uh, obviously it's probably too early to tell with fans not having been there yet, but do you think that new stadium is actually like an atmosphere where that could give you guys like a legitimate home field advantage? Yeah, once people get there, that's going to be hectic. Like, no doubt about it. Like, it's an incredible stadium. Um, the way that it's set up, I mean, I feel like that's going to be like a weapon for us. It's so oh, large. Yeah. It is so large, that place. I mean, good for you guys to get to break it in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us from his studio. Oh, by the way, so we get no taste of what that comeback song oh, was yeah. at all right now? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, it's about, it's about a comeback story. You'll, yeah, you said that. Though. <laughs> do you release it? How, how do we know whenever this song is released? Or is this just for you internally? Uh, I'll definitely be releasing this song for sure. Ooh, where at wow. SoundCloud? Are you a SoundCloud guy? Where Where do we find this? Um, so I got I have two albums out right now. One, the most recent one was out uh, last September. Okay. Uh, it's called Wall Street. It's Ooh. on all streaming platforms. Wow. The artist name is D Wall. D Wall. Okay. D-Wall. Is this what is it? Um, country. It's country music. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's, it's uh it's, it's rap music, but it's it's singing on there. There's there's everything that you're looking for. Do you need a whistler in the background Ooh. for a song that could potentially win a Grammy? Because I am looking to become a Grammy nominated whistler. Yeah, we can make that work. Yeah, Bingo. all right, we'll reach out to D-Wall. Hey, we'll reach out to D-Wall's people. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> Tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Incredible comeback story, which is a song that you will see on all streaming platforms soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Waller. Thank you, Thank you, D-Wall. Have a good one. All right. See, now we don't know if we can play the song because we don't know if he signed to a label or not. That was a question we should ask. Yesterday we played a song by a guy that sent the song oh, in geez. to us. Mm-hmm. Because we ask for like, because we're on YouTube, so we can't play people's songs because we'll get a strike and they'll take down our entire business, basically. And that's what like a lot of music labels do. So we ask for people to send independent songs to stuff the number four the show at patmacvshow.com. Mm-hmm. We got an incredible song from a guy named Colin Henry. Uh, it was called Motivation. Good song. He's trying to take down our whole YouTube yeah, page. Oh, struck oh, the thing down. Oh, Henry. my God. It's like, yo, Colin Henry trying to kill us over here, but we're just trying to... By the way, song is a heater, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's but not it, worth our company. Not anymore. Sure. No. Looks like we know his real motivation. Uh, um, it, oh. <laughs> hey, so sorry to interrupt. This fall, as you get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal Box of Awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. Love hearing that. I'll tell you what, when you hear that, you think, you know what? Those are a great set of words put together back to back to back to back to back to there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Not a tongue twister or anything. Bespoke Post has a brand new seasonal box of awesome collection for guys. Okay. Like, that sentence is just beautiful right there. It is. Rolls off the tongue. And it's true. Whether it's geared upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when temperature dips, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff Every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, 
and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life, no matter what your life consists of. Yeah, they really do. To get started, you just take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help pick, well, it'll help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. Oh, okay. Like, hey, let's learn a little bit about you. It's a quick quiz, by the way. Quick quiz, quick quiz. Not that long of a quiz. No, not that long at all. What's going on back there? Is there all hell breaking loose? No, yeah, I mean, not really, but I just I want to make sure Billy their or, voices don't get picked up on the microphone. Was it Billy or Jay? Billy and Jay are, you know, having a heated discussion right now. Hey, you guys, I know you guys are all smarter than everybody, and there's probably some real stuff that has to get figured out there, but, like, I mean, if you're going to figure things out, at least, you know, let us be a part of the conversation. You know what I mean? Ty, do you want to help him out at all? Uh, yeah, you want me to go take a peek at it? So what's going on back there, boys? What seems to be the problem? A little rebuild action. We're rebuilding computers right now while this show's going on? Uh, Jay's computer is uh, shit in the bed, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, you take that quick quiz at boxofawesome.com. It's just mm-hmm. a quick quiz. Yeah, very quick. And then your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box. When you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code McAfee, that's boxofawesome.com code McAfee for 20% off your first box. Joining us now, now that I can hear him, ladies and gentlemen, the host of College Game Day, a man who's incredibly handsome and professional and somehow still maintains a level of coolness that you would not be able to expect from somebody who sounds as smart and intelligent as he does. Ladies and gentlemen, Reese Davis. What's going on, Bob? What's going on, man? I'm, uh, I'm talking to you from the beautiful airport garage at bradley international airport before i hop on the plane where is, get better than this where is bradley international at bradley is north of hartford uh, you haven't had the pleasure of coming to bristol yet or not no 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 i went one time they gave me the whole campus tour a couple of people missed their meeting with me and then i was out of there very quick but <laughs> that is is that where you live at the you're up you're up in connecticut full-time yeah, yeah, we've lived here a long time. I, I grew up in the South, but I'm a full-fledged nutmeg state guy now. I guess I've been here 25 years or a little over. What part of the South did you grow up in? I grew up in uh, North Alabama, in Muscle Shoals. They've got the Swampers. They've been known to pick a song or two. Hit recording capital of the world, Pat. Oh, okay, oh, Reese. Wow. Respect that type yeah. of knowledge and a uh, little bomb drop there. Where did you go to college at? Did you go to college in the South as well? Yeah, I went to Alabama. Roll Tide. Oh, okay. All right. So, Reese, this is awesome. We just, You did what you always do, which is transition perfectly into a conversation. <laughs> Roll some bitch Tide. Don't say that on ESPN. Please do not say that on ESPN, obviously. Reese, you shouldn't say that on College Game Day, which is obviously an institution. But Alabama right now is staring down something that I think a lot of people thought could potentially happen before this season started, which is a massive name in the program, Nick Saban and the athletic director, test positive for COVID, much like other coaches have in the past. But this is Alabama Georgia week. What is the entire take on the college football world with Nick Saban getting it? And how do you think he is doing through this? Because I heard he was Zoom coaching yesterday over like a voice of God type situation. That's exactly what he was doing. He said in some ways he had a better view of practice because – 
uh, you know, he could see it from an elevated position to see it being down on the field. But uh, if I know Nick, and I, and I do, it's driving him insane not to be there. We're glad, first of all, that he says he's feeling uh, fine. That, you know, he hasn't had any symptoms up to this point. We hope that continues to be the case. But it's, look, it's, uh, it, it sort of rattles the program to the core because he's been, He's been the leader for so long. He's such a powerful presence on the sidelines, and I think it's uh, it's it's a head coach situation that will doubtless impact the game. I think it's not that's not making an excuse. It's not to say Alabama can't win, but when you have a, a presence of that magnitude on the sideline, it's not there. It's a big deal. Well, it's just a distraction too, and in a world full of distractions right now, having the guy who directs and dictates your entire day go missing just days before potentially the biggest game of the year is a wild storyline in this college football season that has already started out with a bunch of wild storylines. Speaking of, we're one week away from Big Ten football. Big Ten allowed zero weeks for a buffer at all. And with what we have seen around college football, that's going to come back and bite them in the ass, I assume, at some point, right? I can't imagine that they won't get through it without having a postponement or or two here or there. And I think that's something, Pat, that's really important to mention. And I I don't mean to diminish the severity of the virus. We all understand how serious and, and, you know, deadly it potentially can be. But it's a pandemic. And in many ways, viruses are going to virus. And you can't build a foolproof situation. I know the bubbles for the NHL and the NBA were highly effective. Um, but I'm not sure that anything is impenetrable. I mean, Saban, for instance, has been uh, has been diligent and uh, about distancing and masks and hand washing and all those types of things that that we all tried to do to maintain safety. And even that, you know, didn't keep him from getting it. And we've had countless other people who've been in that situation. So I would be surprised. Uh, happily, pleasantly surprised, but surprised if the Big Ten gets through its entire schedule without a hiccup here or there. That is interesting because whenever the Titans got their massive outbreak in the NFL, everybody was like, oh, the Tennessee Titans have obviously made a big mistake and now they're jeopardizing everything. And then when you hear Saban gets it, you have to automatically assume that Saban is probably being as diligent as he possibly could because of the amount of importance that having a season is to him. It really can get anywhere, it feels like, until we hear the stories on how these things began. Is there any thought of where it came from? Because he and the AD got it right, isn't that the the guy? That's that, correct. So is that? Yeah, they're probably in a powerful meeting somewhere potentially. That yeah. the thing I don't know that they have anything scientific in terms of the tracing yet. Their guess and working theory initially was that perhaps you know they've had two road games and that because they're in contact with more people when you travel, just by nature. I mean, I'm about to get on a plane. It's just what you do. Um, that maybe it was maybe it was contracted that way. I mean, you, you never know for sure. Um, you know, I understand that Ole Miss has had some player outbreaks. Nothing up to this point, to my knowledge anyway, has been in any sport really has been tied to outbreak within competition or transmission, I should say, within competition. So, you know, I don't know if that would have anything to do with it, but I you know, understand Ole Miss has had a few player cases, which up to this point, at least to my knowledge, Alabama has not had that, just uh, just Nick Saban and Greg Byrne, the athletic director. And when we talked to Lane Kiffin before the season started, he talked about how he talked to some of his friends in the SEC that wouldn't have been able to field a team with the massive outbreak that they had at the beginning, but they seem to be able to curve that thus far. Hopefully that'll be able to continue. Obviously the Saban thing uh, is massive news, especially this week. I want to talk about you, though, with College Game Day, because before you came on, and that's probably a call from somebody at ESPN telling you to get off the phone with us, and if that's the case, we appreciate your time thus far. <laughs> the um, We were talking about 
about right before you came on the air about how those European dart events we were talking about and how the whole place starts going crazy as he's getting hot. And we wondered and speculated, like, will we ever see that again, I wonder. With college game day, I got the chance to experience, what, like five weeks of it or whatever? It was electrifying. There is not a lot of – that's a rock – that is a rock concert. That is a concert. It is awesome. And then this year it's been completely different. How has it been, obviously, adjusting to what everybody has had to adjust to here in 2020? And what are your thoughts on going forward – how, do you think, and I, I believe this, I think those crowds will come back, but it's going to take a little bit, I assume, after this whole thing gets cleared up. That, that's what I think too, Pat. I think they'll come back. I think people are hungry for it. People need human interaction and human connection. Obviously, we can't do it right now because we have to maintain safety, but I think that, that people crave that, and we certainly do. As far as the show, once it gets started and all of us start talking ball, when you come on and we start having fun, it seems pretty pretty close to normal in terms of the discussion of football. What's missing and what is evident is the, uh, the electricity that you mentioned when you walk up on the set. And the thing that I love is the instantaneous feedback. You say, like this weekend, if I said something about, you know, uh, Alabama's defense is, is terrible and Georgia's going to be able to score big, you'd get boom! <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so you miss out on that instantaneous feedback, whether it's good or bad. And you um, you draw energy from that. Doesn't mean we're flat when we come on and do the show now, but it's it's a good little adrenaline bump that I miss, and I can't wait until we get it back. Yeah, in your profession, by the way, there's not a lot of gigs that get that. I mean, I, mean, I guess WWE crowd, same exact feeling, but normally in the commentator role, it's not for you, really. It's not for your every word they're hanging on. Uh, in your world, it's and you do basketball and football, it is awesome to watch the life that you are living right now was there any thought whenever you were probably down there with a, a red polo on and probably i assume khaki shorts <laughs> mm-hmm. and you had the, you probably had those things what are those things croquis? called the yeah. croquis that you guys wear in the south <laughs> those things behind there was there ever a thought that this is what you would be doing because game day is the greatest show on earth right now You know, my goal wasn't to do game day per se, but I wanted to have the most prominent position that was available to me in college football. That was the goal. So it it turned out that this was it, and I'm I'm grateful for it, and I love it. I always felt like I would be doing this. I just thought it would come at the end of a long and illustrious playing career, like you know, like you or Herb Street or Pollock or or Desmond or somebody. And that, yeah, that didn't happen at all. So, so I'm glad. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really glad to be a part of it. I love the sport. I've loved it since I was a little boy, and uh, to to be able to be part of the, what I think is the greatest show on television, um, and the and the most. Uh, you know, the most diverse and difficult uh, studio slash event show to do. I'm really, I'm really happy to be a part of it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the people behind the scenes at College Game Day are awesome. We got a chance to meet them, and they're roadies, right? They're basically, they're building the set. They're putting everything together. They're, it's incredible what they do. It's, it was very nice to meet them and hang out with them. Did you play football growing up? Obviously you did. I, I did. I played it very poorly. I played, uh, you know, I played into high school. I was a terrible player. I always yeah. like to joke because of what I do that people say, you know, did you play sports in college? And my standing joke is, no, my talent ran out after high school, though all of my high school teammates would tell you it ran out a long time before. But yeah, no, I loved it. I played everything growing up. I uh, wasn't great at it, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. So I'm glad to be a part of it now. 
Best, now you get asked this all the time, I would assume, and this sucks that I'm doing this to you, that you have to give one answer. <laughs> um, because I've seen a couple of the emails now that I get, I'm privy to this information about how every week it feels like the next week's crowd can't be as good as that mm-hmm. week's crowd. And then you get to a place and you're like, I'll tell you what, there's no way that place can be able to keep up with this. And last, week, last year it was like that. I started in South Dakota State. I think the entire state was there. It was electric and awesome. And they're like, oh, just wait till, just wait till next week. It's like, so then we got to Memphis and it was the whole entire city. I was like, this place is awesome. It can't get any better. Then we get to, ba- I mean, and then we just kept going. It was like, every place seems to outdo itself. And it's all because they're all like epic. Is there any show that you remember and you think back, like, if we could bottle that and get that again, that'd be cool? Washington State, it's easy for me. I mean, Memphis was great. South Dakota State was great. There have been so many awesome ones. But Washington State was great because it had been it had just been a crusade for that fan base, getting the flag to every show for 15 years and Crimson. doing it on their own. And it was just like, uh, it, it was like just some type of uh, cathartic release for Cougar Nation uh, when we showed up. And man, it was it was so much fun, Pat. You would have you would have soaked that up, man. I wish you'd been with us then when we went to the Palouse that weekend. It was uh, it was a blast, and I can't wait until we can experience those things again. But to me, I've said it many times, and Cougar Nation loves me for it, and everybody else hates me. But everybody else is playing for second. Yeah. Well, I respect that. Uh, I can't wait for you to put on a hell of a show this week. Do you lock down now? You got to go get tested and get locked down. Is that what has to happen? Yeah, yeah, I go get locked down. I've passed the test so far. I. Uh, past the early week, so I should be in good shape. So I'll tell you what, I had to take a couple for the WWE, and we take two people in the office every week take a test. You don't think you have the test until, the, or you don't think you have the virus until the person with the gas mask comes up to you to try to test you, and you're like, oh, I probably. It feels like I, <laughs> I, must, have I must have it. This is the case. It's, uh, so congratulations on all negative tests. I know it's not easy. Uh, all right, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Reese Davis. Thank you, Reese. Cool guy. Cool guy. Very nice guy. Calls everything. Thought he was from Georgia. Close. Yeah. You're right, Nick. That's what I was saying, though. Like, never really got a chance to talk to the guy. (laughs) I mean, I showed up. He's moving. We're moving. They're moving. I mean, a lot of things are happening. He's hosting the show. I am just a little small piece. Do not interrupt said guy who probably has to go through the entire show and have everything going. But he's always been very nice to me. Never got to know him. Happy to go talk to him. He's a great guy. Good guy. Great guy. But yeah, he does everything. He's he's in front of Craig. He's a rock star. TV person. Yeah, I saw he called the World Cup in 2006. What? I wonder if he has any. I didn't ambition. know that. Yeah, he called the World Cup. Good for him. That's hey, wow. that's the world's game. That yeah, is the world. A lot of that eyes is on the that. World's game. I wonder if he has any ambition to go from that desk into the booth like Fowler, like Fowler, like Fowler would do, and did do, and did do. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm intrigued. I, he did, that crew over there, they live like like it's a it's a concert every single yeah, weekend. Like they have to travel around. It is huge. I, and by the way, I'd watched. In the NFL facility, it's on in every NFL facility on Saturdays because Saturday you come in, uh, rehab, walk through. There's some meetings, but for kickers and punters, there's nothing for us to do. So just kind of hang out in the training room, and it's on in every single NFL facility. Became a big fan of the show. I'm like, that has to be awesome. And then you go to it, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It is like it is very. The energy is, I mean, it is electric out yeah. there. It is cool, and everybody's hammered. Yeah, there's a lot of families. I'm supposed to not. I'm probably not supposed to say that, but there's a lot of families. Obviously, of course, college football is college football, but scattered amongst them is obviously the college kids that potentially were still doing it from Friday, yep. and then they come college game day, then they pass out, then they wake up. We're doing two days on Saturday, college game day, and the big game at night. I mean, it is. 
it is a awesome environment and i would recommend once the world is safe enough to obviously go do something like that Mm -hmm. definitely venture to one of those even if it's not your team i think you would have a good time because it's like a festival basically it's a good time when it's 10 degrees in minnesota and there's shirtless kids and there's snow on the ground you can't assume that there may be a little bit of intoxication no 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 okay that's just minnesota baby the game (laughs) oh yeah hey they love the gophers row the boat dude okay the the game guy also had shaved in there the uh didn't they have the, the axe? I think they it? had the the thing, the uh, row, the oar, oh, yeah. the guy's chest. Huh. That Minnesota day was very cold. Oh, yeah. I just brutal. stood there for like two and a half hours. It to was me. brutal. Oh, yeah. Me, Fox, and Zito just stood there for two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes. Did not know there was an inside room that we could have sat in. That oh, would have been very Jesus. nice. I mean, did not know. Had no idea. And that's because we show up very late and we get there as the show's starting. <laughs> and it's like, here you go. This is what we need you for. We need you for this uh, one particular part here at this time. And then we'll need you at this one particular time, two hours apart. It's like, okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And then we just stand there, and everybody just runs around us the entire time. That's what happened all last year. Everybody just ran around us. Spot on. Kirk Herbstreit sprints by us. He's like, <laughs> hey, Kirk, he's hey, like Kirk. hey, Kirk's like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Coach Corso comes by. It's like, legend, how's it going? He's like, hey, you know, the whole thing. And that's where Reese normally, by the way, that's where I would meet with Reese mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we would just stand there. And then they would move somebody else, and we would just stand there. And then they would move somebody, and we just stand there. We held it down. <laughs> you were watching the to- uh, talent only bathrooms, oh. and then like sometimes like a staff that was not talent would use it. It, and Lee Course would just be waiting to use the bathroom. Uh, yeah, and they, they would open a door and feel terrible. It's like whenever you're using like a uh, like hand yeah, yeah. And it has never happened to me, obviously, and Thank I'm very God. thankful for that. Thank God. But I would imagine that the same awkwardness coming out of a handicap stall if somebody who is supposed to be in the handicap stall is waiting outside of it is the same exact awkwardness that the staff had whenever they oh. opened it. And Lee Corso was just standing there. They're like, oh, so my sorry. God. Uh, you probably have to get back on the stage right now because it's also fast moving. Yeah. There's sprinting that happens. Oh, I know. There, I mean, there's a video. We, Zita was like, you uh, yeah. should put this out as a throwback Thursday. I'm sprinting through Memphis. And I have to jump over like a four foot barrier. Mm-hmm. It just like yeah. pops up. Like it, I just jump Speed over. Bump. And then we just keep on moving. Okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And Zito was like, Zito got it on camera because he was out. Uh, we had to go through a bar, mm-hmm. through an alley, back down a road to get to somewhere we had to be. And it was the first time I was ever on like back to back. You got seconds. one minute. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have like 59 seconds or something like that. It's like, okay, so Zito is already in the back. I come running out and you got like a cop in front of me, like a cop behind me. And I jump over this. I don't know what it was. It was like a barrier of some sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. cement bar- barricade. I jump over and we just keep running or whatever. And Zito's like jogging next to me. He's like, you look like fucking Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it, was, it was moving so fast. I actually got lost way back in the pack. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it was a sprint through there. And Zito's like, I got it. And Zito's like, I think, trying to show it to me while we're running. <laughs> yeah. Zito's like, dude, 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 I got this. <laughs> Let me show it up. I'm on air right now. <laughs> College game day was very, very, they were very hospitable to us. Yeah. Very hospitable to Great us. Great breakfast. They yeah, had a great spread. <laughs> Not much enough. <laughs> we did that Thursday night football game, and it was a remote broadcast, which meant we didn't even have the ability to look at the screen or do replays because the footage from the game was being shot from the stadium to Connecticut, then back to us to run in our uh, little monitors in front of us. Mm. So it was six seconds behind. So whatever mm-hmm. we were talking about on the monitor would have been six seconds behind or whatever. So we couldn't even look at replays or anything like that. And you could probably tell that they probably don't spend like the biggest ho- hotel budget either for those types of games, if that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? It is, 
So whenever we got a chance to experience college game days, hotels oh, and college game days, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, these, wow. dudes, these dudes are living the fucking <laughs> This is the worldwide leader. Oh my God. Okay. This is awesome. And also those Thursday night games were in a lot of small, very yeah. small series, not a lot of options. So, Nick? I was just uh, hoping you were going to elaborate on the time in Memphis a little bit. What are you talking about? Just the, the culture, the people, mm-hmm. oh, the geez. environment. Yeah, listen, we will not bury Memphis. That has I'm, happened yeah, already. Look at this. Yeah, look, he's wearing a Beale Street Memphis shirt right here. Yeah. Look at that. He's representing Zito. Zito did get something every single place you guys went last year. Oh, yeah. Well, he had to get that one because it was freezing. It was yeah. so cold. You were wearing shorts in that thing. I was wearing shorts, yeah. <laughs> and everybody on the internet was like, uh, I think, I do believe Archie Manning. Uh, love that I was wearing shorts uh, at Memphis yeah, or whatever. Arch. Everybody was talking about how it was so impressive I was wearing shorts or whatever. And whenever I arrived at the um, the production thing, they they literally looked at my my shorts and do you have pants? Oh I said, yeah. I said uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't. They're like you don't have any pants in the bag that you brought here. And I was like no, no, I don't have any pants at all. I have another pair of jorts, though, if we want to go, because I wore them on uh, SmackDown last night. So I could wear those jorts if you'd like. And to be honest, when I heard Memphis, I thought it was going to be warm. Yeah. yeah. So I do not have any other. They had somebody go try to buy. Yeah. This is at 6.30 a.m. Try to buy a pair of 38 pants or whatever. And a uh, person never made it back because there's roads were closed. Everywhere <laughs> and, like that. and I go on the screen, obviously, wearing the shorts or whatever. And then all of a sudden, there's just an onslaught of tweets about my shorts or whatever. And they were like, uh, I was told good decision to make the shorts or whatever. It uh, was a crowd pleaser or something like that. I was like, well, to be honest, I thought it was going to be 75 degrees. <laughs> this wasn't like a, uh, this wasn't like a, oh, I'm going to wear shorts when it's 32 degrees or something. Like that. It was Tennessee. Not, it was Memphis. And by the way, I was very, very wrong. It was not so cold. It was not warm at all. <laughs> at all. Winter. Saw some kid just puke up like chocolate milk. It looked like uh-huh. that. Mm. And when the back alleys, they yeah, were out yeah. there early. Beale yeah. Street was out there early they were doing it i mean it was i mean it was awesome and then you go to the next place and it's like well this place is awesome and then you go to columbus ohio and it's like well this place they are insane environments the coolest one that i saw was in north dakota because they did um it was like part of like in a north dakota town and had like the the shops and the bars on each side and they had like people in like wooden balconies and stuff like that all the street so very similar to bill street they've been to so many cool places yeah very cool this uh, by the way south dakota state's way better than north dakota oh way yeah. Better. I'm, saying, I'm just talking about the south yeah yeah oh, jack well it sure sounded like you're trying well, to ruin fo- our relationship well, with south dakota well, oh, one no. football team is better than the other so who do you want to have the relationship with? oh pheasant oh. state dude pheasant state Pheasant State, bro. Which is South, South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Oh. <laughs> By the way. Pheasant State. Just got a hoodie from him. That's camouflage. It says Pheasant State, and it's South Dakota State mm-hmm. University. That really? actually was my favorite stop. They were electric. It, it was the entire state. It was so awesome. The entire state was out there. And they wow. gave us a pheasant sandwich on our way out. So Whoa, how's, how's pheasant? You know? <laughs> mayo overloaded. Oh, really? You got to <laughs> soak it in mayo? No, no. I, do, I believe you don't. Oh. There was just a chance that the sandwiches we got had... Uh, seven scoops of mayonnaise Easily. on it. Oh, yeah. Who was working yeah. behind the, the, the deli, desk? You know? I don't know. Well, you got to think. It was good. It, it, the bites were good. It was yeah. just felt like an overlap. The bison steak. Bison steak was also very, very good out there. The what it the mayonnaise thing because I am a mayonnaise fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am a mayo fan, uh, which probably doesn't surprise a lot of people. Yes, in college I used it as a chip dip. Numerous oh, yes. occasions. Ooh. I guess I am a mayonnaise person. But when you order at a sandwich shop, like let's say Subway. 
and you get mayonnaise on there, you have to be very specific. One line of mayonnaise. Right. Yeah. Because if not, they'll squirt the hat in the bottle. And it's like, yo, I like mayonnaise. I'm a big fan of mayonnaise. But what you just did to that fucking sandwich right there was uncalled for. Murdered it. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many times you can have that happen to your sandwich and your bun gets completely ruined yeah. that you don't finally just say one line of that fucking mayonnaise, please. Sandwich artist. I'm not Brian Windhorst. I mean, I just want one line. Uh, I'm tired of that. Oh, I'm tired on. of that. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on, dude. All right, joining us now is a man who uh, had other obligations, obviously, from his employer and workplace. Right. A man who got unmasked last night on the mass finger. He was a baby alien. He's handsome. He's former NFL quarterback, the Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. How's it going, Mark? Good, buddy. How are you? Well, you know, this conversation was supposed to be 16 minutes ago. There was a lot of people that were saying Dude. should not even answer the call. Look at, I don't yeah. even have my thing hooked up properly. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You look good, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. There we go. How are hey, we yeah. going? Hey, thanks. For, hey. Dad? Yeah. Um, yep. Son, here we go. So the uh, great hair, great eyes, great look, great night last night. Had no idea. Was that the first episode? Did you get voted off on the first episode, or have you been on there for a couple times here now? Thanks for caring. Thanks for watching, Brad. Bro, football, dude. Football. Um, yeah. Football every night. Come on, Football every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Save it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that was my second appearance on the show. Hey. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I made it through the first round to the second round. I still think I should have got a little farther. I had another good song ready to roll, and uh, I had a good SmackDown song just in case it came down to that. But uh, just trying to broaden my uh broaden my reach and and get uncomfortable learn some new skills just like you did with wwe this was Thank this you. was my version of that now, i lost in wwe as well you lost in a mass singer so it's same same just Z's. a couple of losers same Z's there basically <laughs> um how was that process so i i watched the first couple seasons and i i'm a fan of the show believe it or not i just i didn't even know your show was happening i i to be honest and i you li- can't tell anybody bingo so that, you can't market that you're on it if you would have told me you're on it i exactly. probably would watched but you can't what is the whole thing you're in like i've heard it's uh, uh, like no windows, you get driven in and back, you get like a mask put on you. Nobody has a clue who you are except for who the drivers, I guess. How does it, how does the entire process work? I mean, even the drivers, they give you a hoodie and this mask that's completely tinted and they cut out these holes. Like they tape everything on the inside of the mask. So you could literally only see like this much of someone's face. You can't tell anybody who, who anything is. You have to sign paperwork, like a thing this thick of paperwork and you kind of get shuffled in and out. You're never around the other contestants and um, you're not really supposed to hear them perform. But um, I said this on Jenny McCarthy's show and like a reaction kind of show. And I remember walking out like, so you go through this whole process. I felt good with the puppet. I felt good more or less singing. I knew I had, you know, a ceiling on my singing talent, but I wanted to make it as best as I could. Yep, and I thought I did that. I thought the choreography was solid. I thought the backup dancers were incredible. Like everything was on point, right? Well, I'm walking out after my second performance feeling good. And you're not really supposed to hear the other contestants perform as the show's happening. And so they were a little late getting me out and they hurried on Seahorse a little early. So we kind of passed each other in the hall and I was like, oh, that's a cool costume. Like, good luck. And then we still don't know who the other person is. And she goes on stage and I hear it and I swear to God, it's Celine Dion. So I just stop everybody that's like ushering me out of the building of the studio building. And I go, wait a second. And my contact was Keith. 
And I'm like, Keith, what's the deal, bro? How did you put me in a group with Celine Dion? This is crazy. I was so pissed. <laughs> was it actually Celine Dion? I felt good. Do we know if it's Celine Dion yet? Have we, we have not. I don't, I don't think it's actually Celine Dion, but she sang the Titanic song and it might as well have been Celine Dion. So I'm like, dude, if there's singers like that, like. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're just there strictly. That's about all I got. You're there strictly for the entertainment. I'd assume that they potentially thought you stunk too. You were a good singer. You were. You had a good pipes. What? And I said not. What to, did you say, Pat? I think you had good pipes out there. I think you sang. Yeah, but before that, you you do these little digs and then try and hide it with like a loud compliment. <laughs> no. I'm assuming when they signed you up to be on the show, they were pumped about it. Like, thank you. And then they immediately thought. This guy will suck. This will be like a William Hung situation here. And then we'll be able to have the Celine Dion's of the world do good. It's like good entertainment. But you were very good. I, I was very I impressed. Uh, now, when I heard it after knowing that you were eliminated and it was you, I did hear your voice in there. And I was like, this guy got a right. voice of an angel. Were you a singer or is it just something you did in the shower? Or what was it? Uh, shower concerts daily. Respect. Sheesh. Uh, I love karaoke. Those were some of my favorite times. In New York, actually, in uh, Cipriani downtown, there is, like, this fire escape ladder. And super late night, back in, like, 2010, 2011, my best couple years with the Jets, Sundays after games, we'd go to Cipriani, we'd go eat if we had a day game at home. Well, at about 9, 10 o'clock, they shut the restaurant down, and you can walk upstairs, and they have this whole karaoke setup. Uh-huh. And it's essentially a club. They have a DJ who's like elevated up in this corner Smart. and next to the DJ, they have a professional, uh, two professional singers, a male and female. And you put in your karaoke request from your table and you can sing from your table mm. and people are obviously getting pretty liquored up. Oh, yeah. So if they suck at singing, somebody just like a technician turns down their mic Smart. and turns up the professional singers Smart. who are hired to be there all night. Smart. Right. That's a good idea. That's good so, karaoke, yeah, by the way. It's, okay. oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant because everybody sounds good. You don't get the drunk person yelling. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it was awesome, right? So I'm being a competitive jerk that I am. I'm like, all right, I can do this. Let's do this. So I would constantly oh, yes, man. Uh, yes, man. I would constantly choose. Sorry. Yeah, it was my dad. For real dad. It was oh, my real dad. Oh, <laughs> You're not my real dad. I don't have to listen to you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right. we'll so he, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would request It's Time by Imagine Dragons mm. all the time. That was one of my favorite songs. And then after, every night, I was notorious for going up to the singers like, hey, so like, did you guys have to mute me out? Or was that mostly <laughs> me? Like a little bit of you? Or how was the ratio? <laughs> what so did they, did like, they mute you? Did, you? did you get no, muted? So they were like, yeah, you're actually pretty decent. And I was like, yes. Oh, so you felt good going into the mass Singer. You felt pretty good about it. I felt okay. Like, I knew I knew my limitations. I knew I wasn't going to sing uh, My Heart Will Go On from mm. the Titanic. That's tough. That's but, a lot of pressure on the But, you know, I knew I could make a little noise. The, the uh, Imagine Dragons, it's time song. Is it sound anything like thunder? Feel the, the thunder. thunder. Uh, similar. It's like lightning a and the thunder, thunder, thunder. thunder. <laughs> that song's called Thunder. Has to be. Thanks. <laughs> no, no problem. Congratulations, man. That's awesome to see. It was fun to watch. And I'm happy that the world is responding in a very positive fashion to your beautiful, angelic singing voice. Uh, and also, you have to be a big-time celebrity beyond that show. So congrats on being big-time celebrity, Mark Sanchez. Thanks, man. No problem. Because if you take the thing off, I've thought about this before. You take the thing off, and everybody's like, uh, Who's that? Who the huh? hell is that guy? That, what is going on there? <laughs> that has to be a tough, tough scene. Didn't happen for you. Congratulations. You're Mark Sanchez. Let's talk about uh, your... 
previous profession when you played the football, the NFL right now, Lev Bell leaves your franchise, the Jets, in rocky waters. Now it's alleged to be Chiefs, Bills, or Dolphins, Le'Veon Bell. Those are the wow. three next opponents for the Jets. How do you think this plays out, and what do you see from the Jets in the future going forward without old Lev? Are they with Adam Gase forever, Sanchez? Well, I, I don't know if they're with Adam Gase forever. I think it's more of uh, you know Joe Douglas basically drawing a line in the sand, not between Adam Gase and, and Le'Veon Bell, uh, but more about like, hey, this isn't how we're going to respond to, you know, coaching. And this mm-hmm. isn't how we're going to get our message out there as players. We're not going to respond to like Twitter stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that probably wasn't a good idea. And, you know, they didn't appreciate that. You know, Gase had a response to it. So it just becomes this soap opera that plays out in the media. And, you know, as a player, teams hate stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Especially in a big media market like the New York football Jets there. Bam. Oh yeah, good use. It. Yeah, by that much. <laughs> ah, hey, that's a game ball over there. Um, which is probably for the Jets. no. So yeah, one of them. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, no, but I, I just I, I think well. uh, it's it was really unfortunate because they invested so much in him, and now they're just cutting dead weight essentially. And for whatever reason, mostly injuries, it just didn't work out. And then to be a good running back, you have to have a good offensive line. They're still going through their struggles with the Jets right now. It's a whole new group trying to get. Uh, acclimated to one another and that's not easy so I mean both sides were at fault at this you know uh, the Jets expected something Le'Veon expected something it was a complete miss and now he gets to go somewhere else for another team listen this is uh, a total prove it deal for him and to see if he can get re-signed again but I mean if I'm any of those chief uh, teams the Chiefs Dolphins uh, or Bills why not? Why not take a flyer on him? See if he can hang for a couple weeks. If he's not a problem in the locker room, then keep him around. Let him play. See what you can get out of him for $800,000 and move on. Mr. Uh, Songbird Sanchez, yesterday Dane Orslovsky said that Darnold probably isn't going to be the future of the Jets because of Trevor Lawrence. Do you see that as well, or do you see him being the long-term option in New York? I can see this going both ways. Uh, but you just the most important thing you got to remember, uh, similar to me, uh, when the GM that drafted you is gone, anything's possible. Uh-huh. You could end up being the new GM's favorite quarterback of all time, or you can get cast aside, and usually it's the latter. So I would not be surprised, and that's no knock on Sam. That's no slight on Sam. I think Sam's more than capable of being the quarterback there or at, 31 other franchises he can absolutely do it i know he has the talent it's just he needs players around him look what they've done for josh allen in the same amount of time that they've had sam darnold look at the differences in the roster yeah the bills have household names at receiver at running back at tight end i mean they have legitimate players and a good defense great special teams so don't tell me that sam darnold isn't Maybe uh, just about as good, if not better, potentially than Josh Allen. I've seen these guys work out a hundred times together, and they're very comparable talent-wise, arm talent, all that kind of stuff. Those freaky throws that Josh Allen makes, Sam makes them all the time as well. He just doesn't have the players to help him out and make them. So if Sam goes somewhere somewhere else, and they decide to pick Trevor Lawrence, hopefully they follow the right method and just take a look up north in uh, Buffalo and figure out what they did, acquire other players in the draft, draft and develop sign key free agents at the time and hope you hit on them, Stephon Diggs, and roll the dice after that and let your quarterback develop. But 
Um, you know, either way, Sam's going to be just fine. I think he's a great player, and um, it might be better for both sides to just cut ties and move on. Damian Orsmovsky said the same thing, basically. <laughs> um, Sanchez, we have to get to a break. We can't thank you enough for taking some moments today. I know it's going to be a busy day now that you're a big record deal album singer, you know. If you ever make a song, though, and you think it's potentially going to win a Grammy, I, yeah. would, I would appreciate the opportunity to maybe get a whistle in the background so I can be a Grammy nominated or Grammy winner. Well, whistle. you got a solid set of backup singers there. I heard Thunder. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, well, we're we are a unified bunch, but oh. I don't think that is what wins Grammys. Yeah. I don't believe. Oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. What did they say? Baby Alien, probably a country record, and um, then maybe like a reality spinoff. Obviously, mm. so mm. that's coming down the pipe here soon. Probably like. Tomorrow. Well, we can't wait to see it. Uh, Baby Alien, maybe up in a cabin somewhere. People would love to watch it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Sanchez. Um, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. Where do you think he's going to show up at, AJ? Last night, I got a DM from somebody saying that he was seen in the Buffalo airport, and that has been reported publicly now by, I guess, one other person as well. Or the person that publicly reported that was the one that sent me the message. I'm not 100% sure which way it goes. He was allegedly seen in the Buffalo airport at Duff's, which is a, comp- a, comp- a competitor of Anchor Bar, which oh, is yeah. the home of Buffalo Wings in the same airport. Very interesting. And then there was reports that he was in the Kansas City Chiefs airport. He followed Patrick Mahomes on Twitter. And there's some likes that he's going on. And then the Dolphins are allegedly in play as well. So right now, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bellwatch is in full effect. Where do you think is the right place for him to go? And what is the team getting whenever they get Le'Veon Bell in 2020? I mean, if I was him, I'd want to go to the Chiefs. I think that's what it would give you. There's three teams, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. That gives you most likely the, the highest percentage chance of winning a Super Bowl. I don't know what his role would look like. I think he wants to be more of the... Uh, every down kind of guy but maybe he's like hey i'll go take a little bit of a back seat and really revamp my career and hopefully get a ring out of it yeah if you want a ring chase i think the chiefs is probably the team to go to but also everybody thought there was a chance he ends up in new england or tampa bay just strictly because new england that would be a move that new england would make and everybody would be like of course bill belichick does it and maybe that's why the bills and the dolphins are so intrigued by the way so that bill can't do that or tampa bay with tom brady it's like he needs a lot of people are saying this is not me saying i don't watch film no. he needs a check down running back out of the backfield that can get yards for him a la james white a la dion uh lewis there it is thank uh, you patriot yeah. fans the, yeah, he's on the giants my bad yeah but he was right wasn't yeah, he he yeah, was his, a couple decades ago yeah but he still was he's, so many running backs coming through the stable i mean yeah, yeah but they all matter because tom brady loves throwing uh-huh. it to his backs out of yeah. the backfield so it's there everybody's thinking that he needs that down in tampa and Le'Veon bell would be that guy but it turns out i guess it's just bills dolphins chiefs says jeremy fowler over there at espn who might know of Le'Veon bell and his team from his pittsburgh Steelers days because that's who he reports for you know who would use him well, but it's never going to happen, is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Can you imagine, Aaron, with this guy? Le'Veon Bell, I've tried to cover him. The dude is – he is so elusive coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. Like, they would have some – they would use him very, very well. But the problem is they already have stud, two studs there right now, and, and that, they drafted another. That is kind of what I said to Ty yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. it, it stinks that this weapon – if he's still the weapon, the guy that you're talking about having to cover, the guy that I saw in the – defensive meeting basically in a team meeting saying like look what this guy does showing an entire highlight reel of the guy and basically the entire defense being like okay we're playing a ghost this weekend basically somebody that's untouchable at this point because of how elusive he is i actually pointed at ty and i was like kind of sucks it 
that is the one position, I guess. I guess number one wide receiver, you got a guy. But at running back, you have a plethora of great backs out of the backfield, too. Like yeah. Jamal Williams catching the ball, Aaron Jones catching the ball. It sucks for the Green Bay Packers who need another weapon that they happen to not need this particular weapon. But then there was a lot of conversation. Why not just put him at slot? Let him play slot receiver or put him in the back, move him around, let him do whatever. You're right. They won't do it, but especially if there's really no financial risk involved either. It's like, hey, why not? You know, you want, I mean, Packers are hot right now. Line up in the slot for 50 to 60 I'll tell you why not, because he's got string cheese for hamstrings. Oh, jeez. Well, that was obviously a guy from Pittsburgh right there who just said that, and I do believe he has been injured with the Jag. AJ, it is disgusting. Shake your head. That's good. That was right. I had the same exact feeling. That was disgusting. But he has been injured at the Jets, and now the question is, is this the Le'Veon Bell they're getting? Is the Jets Le'Veon Bell? The guy who, you know, just didn't perform? Was it because of Gase? Was it because of the culture? Was it because Le'Veon Bell was a little bit older and he had a holdout year where he was having a great time down in South Florida as a rapper? Or is this Le'Veon Bell that you're getting that has, still has a lot to prove, which is what he says he is? I think it's worth an $850,000 risk or whatever the vet min is and let the Jets pick up the rest of the tab there. Without a question, without a doubt, it's absolutely worth it. If you only have to pay him vet men, but it also got me thinking too. When you said you're getting all these DMs, I think I'm going to become. I'm going to start to become very active on Instagram. I don't own it. I don't. I haven't opened up any burner accounts, but I think I'm going to open up multiple accounts yeah. just so I can strictly send you DMs like, "Oh, hey, saw Boomer Sison at Planet Fitness. Told me he's getting ready for a comeback." <laughs> Listen, and that's why I don't get in the insider game because that's what people do on the internet, but. We had a little bit of a string there mm-hmm. where yeah. all the breaking news was coming through to somebody in yeah. the office. I mean, it was coming through, and it's like, yeah. I can't be in the insider game because I can't legitimize Boner Garage, AJ Hawk, tweeting or sending me a message. I can't legitimize it. But it is nice to get a heads up from some people. But you can't trust anything. But we have been right a couple times. We can't trust anything. So who knows where the hell he is? And who knows if Fowler's right, by the way? Because Fowler saying those three teams are interested is potentially trying from the Le'Veon Bell team to drum up interest from the Patriots, maybe, or from somebody else to come in and get Because allegedly, Tom Brady wasn't actually interested in coming to the Colts. He was just interested in it looking like the Colts were interested so that he can use that as leverage as a negotiation, which Leonard Fournette allegedly did mm-hmm. with whenever he got cut from yeah. the Jaguars that the Patriots were interested to in use. So nothing you hear right now we have any idea if it's true or not but let's just hope an answer comes soon because i'm excited to see if we get 2017 lev bell or if we get new york jets lev bell and if it's 2017 that's good for the league that this guy is back in the nfl yeah but those so those three teams do you think those teams had reached out to Le'Veon and his agent or those three teams that he's been trying to reach out to them and go play for them? or is it maybe somebody on Lev's team that just texted jeremy fowler and said Hey, these are the three teams we're talking to. Yeah. And Fowler goes, Are you sure? And Lev Bell's team goes, Yeah. And Fowler just goes, All right, here it is. <laughs> and what if that person is just fucking lying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could happen, I guess. Now, Fowler has to double check that and everything. But if that's coming from, let's say, agent of Lev Bell, I would assume Fowler's like, Well, this is legitimate information. But let's not put past people trying to put a little business leverage out into the open so that they can end up somewhere else. And if Lev's businessman, which he is, by the way, 28 million, 18 games held out, wrapped, everything like that, maybe this is just a business strategy. Who knows where he goes? That's why it is lead story on everything because mm-hmm. he could end up anywhere and everywhere and everybody be like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's get to Dylan in Cleveland. Probably not going to be in Cleveland. What's going on, Dylan? Hey, yo, Pat. What's up, my man? Hey, yo, what's going on, bro? So, funny story. I was on the show on the 13th and I was the kid who lagged out. You're, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what do you have? On the 13th. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, what's up? All right. The question I was going to ask you was, how did soccer help you transition into an NFL punter? Oh, I do remember this. He came on the show, dropped out completely. Transition question. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. He, remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Thanks for calling back, Dylan. Yeah, soccer obviously helped. I mean, uh, anytime you can build up leg strength to get a little yeah. bit more explosivity, that is great news for, for a kicking thing. And for me, my leg was pretty athletic. I could hit the ball in a lot of different fashions, so it helped me in punt. But I would assume that uh, just about every, aside from the Aussie guys who play Aussie rules football, which is a punting game, uh, I would assume everybody you see kick in the NFL uh, will probably have some sort of soccer background. Uh, I just, I think it builds up your leg muscle in a fashion that not anything else can really do when it comes to kicking things, but it helped me out immensely. And I just, I was about done with the running. So the transition into football was a good time for me. Pat, I got a question for you. So, you know, we see kids specialize and do all this stuff now. Are we going to eventually see kids that are just kickers? Like they don't play soccer. They don't, they grow up from like three years old and they go to these kicking camps and they kick for their high school and their, their whole goal is just Become an NFL kicker. Funny you say that. And the reason why I said the NFL kickers uh, that probably had soccer in their background, if you were to guess like that, because there's a lot of guys in college that are like what you just said, just specialty their entire life have focused on punting. And every special teams coach that I talk to that has one of those guys on their roster, um, they normally get a contract because they can hit a big ball, right? Because all they've been focusing on. Every special teams coach I talk to is like, when something goes wrong, like all hell breaks loose. So like if the, if there's a bad snap or something, like they just become these robots, right? You're just like, there it is. And a lot of it involves athleticism with being able to catch and adjust and things like that. So it's like these special teams coaches have done like these studies. They're like, so, you know, whatever you get a guy who maybe has a soccer background or something else, if something uh, all hell breaks loose, they can athlete it. They can figure it out. These guys that just kick and just punt, if anything goes wrong, we're fucked. And you, you like hear them like defeated almost. They're like, uh, let's just hope it's completely perfect this entire thing. So I think being a better athlete in anything that involves in sport, even if you're a bowler or a dart player, like I think being a better athlete helps you with everything, I would assume. What did you play soccer growing up for your feet or did you were football your whole time? I mean, I played soccer in first grade because they, they wouldn't let you play football yet until second. So that was my Ohio. My, my I played football, yeah, baseball, Ohio. and basketball. And it's just like anything else. Like Playing other sports, playing pickup games in the yard, that makes you better at whatever sport you eventually become best at. Like that's you you need to do that. It, it just there's so many little things you can't measure that you learn from doing all of that. And I just think when you specialize too, not only are you creating weirdos, you're creating robots Whoa. that are have a hard time integrating with a full team of fifty three men. I was about to say physically and mentally, and you just hit on the mentally part. Weirdos, if they've only done one thing and they only specialize in one thing, boom, boom, boom. If I feel like mentally you can get worn out, a which uh, changes your work ethic towards said thing and being good, and b you can almost overthink it. You can get to that point. I think. Though whenever the specialty coaches started coming in, like you need to focus on just this sport or whatever, you heard a backlash from basically every successful athlete was like, do not do that because you have no idea what sport is going to be able to help you wear. For instance, for me, kicking at Plum High School, we weren't in a lot of massive games, right? Okay. And kicking was like something I would just show up kind of on Fridays. I would do and whatever. But I played volleyball in my senior year and there was like some massive moments like state playoff moments where you're serving okay where you have to serve the ball and it's like there's an actual crowd at our volleyball games and i like found myself leaning on that moment a lot more and it was a sport that i only played because my friends were playing i'd already committed to west virginia i'm not going to play cup soccer in the spring like i only played i found myself like leaning on that mentally much more so than any soccer moment i had when i got into college it was like uh like all right like kind of like 
breathing and relaxing in a big moment or whatever. So it's like you never know what is going to help you where. And I think that is the short-sightedness that idiots who say you should only do one thing kind of miss in this entire bowl game. It's like, yeah, but I feel like you can learn from different situations everywhere. Well, th- I don't know about you, but I don't think I've heard a coach that is a good coach and that is respected tell you, oh, no, you need to specialize in just one sport. Ever. Every, every good coach I know is like, absolutely not. No. Football season's over. Go play basketball. Go play. Go wrestle. Go do something else. Like, no. You're not going to be hanging around here and just become a robot. Why did those guys start getting jobs, you think? Those like, well, hey. Those guys started getting paid because people send their kids these, oh, you, are you going to speed camp? When I was a kid, I remember they said, oh, Oh, Timmy's going to speed camp, air quotes, speed camp. I'm like, first off, what is that? And it's just some bum who gets parents to pay him. Oh, it's only, I'm going to give you a discount. It's only going to be $340 per half hour, but I'm going to make little Timmy very, very fast. He's going to run from a 4.6 to get that 4.59. Whoa. Think about that. And if we get him even faster, that 4.59, guess what? 4.58. Whoa. Now, depending on the person that's holding the, the uh, stopwatch, by the way, we can probably get him 4-3 if we really wanted to at the end of this practice. I mean, there's a, those types of things happen. In every, they do that in kicking camps, punting camps. It's like, come on, man. Go kick a soccer ball against the side of a wall. I get a lot of people that say, like, uh, hey, I want my kid to be a kicker or punter. It seems like the best job ever. And by the way, awesome job. You get overpaid for the amount of work you have to do. It is not an easy thing to do. But, boy. The best way to get good at it is uh, get good at kicking things. And the <laughs> yeah. easiest way to do that is just start kicking things. And a soccer ball seems much more feasible to kick because guess what? It'll bounce back to you. Football just kicking. If you don't have a strong leg, you're going to suck. And if you're going to suck, you're probably not going to stick with it that long. So I would say build up the leg strength by kicking something that's easy to kick like a soccer ball and then try to get into it. Because for me, if I wouldn't have kicked like a 60-yard field goal the first time I kicked the ball, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. I probably would have been like, oh, this kind of stinks. It's a weird ball. It doesn't fly as far. But since it traveled so far, I was like, fuck. I can make a lot of money doing this. <laughs> I think I can make a lot of money doing this right here. We should stick with it. Families, too, like the Colquitts or the Vinatieri's, who have, like, generational now players at punter and kicker. Like, what? they don't only play. They don't specialize, do they? A.J. Vinatieri, by the way, Adam's kid, is going to be a punter that gets scholarship. But he is bombing footballs. But I think he played baseball. He played uh, yeah. soccer at his so, home. He played everything. It's just the way it goes. Um, A.J., before we wrap up here, Hour 3, we teased this before a commercial break. We have to hit it. The NFL.com power rankings have come out. Let's go. The power rankings here after week five, which saw us have a Tuesday night football game, a Monday night football game, an entire Sunday slate. Sitting atop the NFL.com week six power rankings are the Green Bay Packers (laughs) who take home at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers playing better football than he's ever played. The defense is playing great, and it feels like that team coming out of a bye week is only going to get better and better. AJ, do you like the Packers at one? Is this a good thing for the Packers, or do you think this is a potential? Too much pressure, too much weight to bear, knowing that you're the number one team on NFL.com, AJ. Well, I don't think the players are going to care too much. They're not going to be like, oh, did you guys see the latest power rankings? Like, I don't know which... There's 720 websites that do power rankings. Which one are you referring to? And Oh, NFL.com. We're number one. That's a lot of pressure, guys. Like, do you think Aaron's having that talk right now with Devontae Adams? He should be. This is, this is the league's website. And number two, Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't looked great in a couple games. They still get wins, but they beat the hell out of the number three team, Baltimore Ravens, which makes everybody think the Kansas City Chiefs will be able to figure it out, but who knows if they will. Lamar Jackson bounced back. At four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shout out to the AFC North at three and four. Tennessee Titans are at five. 
five. They took two weeks off, didn't need practice, just beat the hell out of the Buffalo Bills who are ranked seventh, one below the Seattle Seahawks. Los Angeles Rams at the eighth. Is that a quiet team moving up the board? I do believe. Number nine, Cleveland Browns. AJ Hawk, your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns. Is this the year that the dog pound gets to celebrate some shit? Yeah, what's that? What what does that mean? A playoff berth? Is that a celebration for them? Or do you have is it Super Bowl or bust? Above five hundred would be a party (laughs) in Cleveland. It looks like they're well on their way. At ten, the New Orleans Saints, who might be playing at LSU Stadium because the New Orleans mayor won't allow any fans in the Superdome. But in Baton Rouge, they got twenty five, twenty six thousand people there. Are the Saints gonna play at LSU? Who knows? They're ranked tenth right now. Will Drew Brees arm be able to stay on his body throughout the entire thing? Patriots, Bucks, Patriots ranked above the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eleven, twelve, Bill Bell check is above Tom Brady. Will that remain? Darren Waller and the Oakland, or Las Vegas Raiders. Then the Panthers, Cardinals, Bears, Chargers, Colts. Damn. 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 19, Vikings. <laughs> then the Dolphins. Then the Niners. Cowboys. Eagles. Cowboys, by the way. AJ's pick for the Super Bowl at 22. Huh. Texans, Thanks. 24. They got no coach. They got no GM. Shout out to Romeo Cornell. They're having fun. They might get really good really quick. Detroit Lions aren't the worst. Shout out to Detroit. Cincinnati Bengals, 26. Broncos, 27. Jags, 28. Falcons, 29. Washington football team, 30. Wow. 31, the football Giants. 32, the Jets. AJ, your thoughts on the last 10 there. Does it matter? They all just suck at the moment. <laughs> I think it's kind of unfair. I think the Giants should be behind the Jets. They need to swap 31-32. Wow. What? Wow. Okay. Can't thank you enough for listening. All the guests, you guys are the best for taking time to chit-chat with us for a recorded conversation that people get to watch and listen to. Uh, to all the people that listen, thanks for letting us penetrate your ear holes, man. Hey, thanks for letting us in that brain of yours. Mm-hmm. It's a treat. It is a treat. And I scroll through the internet and on television, mm-hmm. Netflix, YouTube, you get it. I guess internet kind of covers YouTube and Netflix potentially. But what I'm saying is social media, there's a lot of content out there. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be honest, some just need to stop making content, but there's also a lot of very good content. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> some terrible content. Some but really there is some stuff. very, very, very good content on the internet. And the fact that you allow us to get into your daily schedule we appreciate hashtag end of pod squad. If you're listening right now, you're obviously a very loyal person uh, to the show and we would like to reward that. We'll give away uh, 10 shirts. Hashtag end of pod squad. Take a picture of wherever you're at listening to the show and uh, we'll give away 10 shirts. Also we had, um, what was it? Uh, I forget what it was. This is where I'm at Pat or yeah. something like that. Yep. You remember that? Mm-hmm. We started at the beginning of quarantine. Yep. Zito has put together a video with everybody that has used that hashtag. It's like 47 minutes long or something like that. I'm excited to watch that. But we're not sure quarantine's over yet. So we've been waiting to put the thing out. So mm-hmm. if you have been listening for a while and you're like, hey, whatever happened to that? Know that we don't know. If we put that out, the whole point of it is like, while quarantine happened, mm-hmm. this is how we spend time together. But if we put that out, we're immediately going to get buried by people that say, say, oh, it's how you think it's not right. over yet. Exactly. That's a good point. Work in progress. So just know that we appreciate that. Hashtag Pod Squad. Ten shirts will be given out. It'll be selected by the boys around the office. Just take a picture of where you're at, what you're doing. We appreciate you so much. Ty Schmidt. Oh, yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. Feel Good Friday. Massive guest. Oh, oh, my. Huge day. Oh, my God. One of them I think you booked, like, what, months ago. We've been building for this. Mm-hmm. 
mouse dry. pretty good i don't have that in me right now i can get high too i don't know how moist the lips are right now pretty good whistler that's a talent it really is yeah i think i could have been a professional whistler if i really wanted to Mm -hmm. if you really put your all into it yeah what's that one uh it's like it's the most famous whistling remedy the andy griffith theme song yeah what is that Yep. I think maybe best whistler of all time. Might have done it for the show. Is there real whistlers out there? I think I would assume there is. What are they? They're like in the background of songs, like in Nashville, how you have guitar players that like sit in the back. Is there like noted whistlers to be hired? I would imagine so. I would like to potentially add that to the resume. (laughs) I would like to be a whistler on a song or on a melody. I would imagine there's there's like a, a couple of pros pros. You give me a couple takes, so I think I can hit damn near any whistle note that you need. Mm-hmm. The people that can do the real loud, like the powerful whistle, I can't do that. Like the the people that put their fingers in there. Oh yeah, and the like the and they're like power yeah. whistlers. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. But I think in my niche whistling category, You're a melody guy. I think I could show up if I had to. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine I get on a song and then there's a concert and I'm come out start whistling one song brought out as a special whistler for the song that'd be pretty sweet dumbest life of all time see that's the type of shit that i that is a literal goal of mine now and Mm -hmm. i think that is why it's the dumbest life of all time because think about how that just came to be and that's like a real thing i will try to accomplish (laughs) you know like a lot of people would be like oh good idea like and then forget about it no no like i will be stuck on trying to be doing it within the next year and a half just because like i think it's hilarious to say oh also background whistler on uh blah 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 (laughs) oh i think we're gonna have like luke combs on the show at some point excited for that one i think so i'm not 100 sure actually but i think we're gonna have him on the show definitely leading off with i was gonna say good time to pitch that idea he just won a Billboard Music Award or whatever last night for being country uh, whatever for the year. Mm-hmm. That show was tough, by the way, but the, the uh, <laughs> show was tough to watch, which I think every show is now at this point. If you normally have a live audience and you don't have a live audience, Post Malone did it out in the middle of like, the sand or whatever. But I think I have to lead off that question because there's a chance that song wins a fucking Grammy. Yeah. Then what? Am I at the Grammys with Luke Combs? Yeah, one fucking sitting on your desk. If I'm a background whistler on a song and said song wins a Grammy, am I a Grammy winning whistler? I think that's the way it works. I think everyone gets one. Oh, I got to do it. See, that's like the type of thing right there. Mm-hmm. And we can't thank enough for following along with this incredibly stupid life. I mean, it is very, very stupid. But you're potentially listening to it right now. A Grammy nominated whistler. <laughs> There's a chance that that is going to be something I can say. All right. Oh, and then there's this other thing potentially happening in what, like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Just found about, found out about this morning where people are going to say, how is this what this dude's life is? And I want to let you know, I don't know. I don't understand it either. That would be epic if that happened. Yeah, for sure. That's a tease too. We did one in an ad read earlier mm-hmm. and now we just did a tease for something that could potentially happen in a month and a half 
that I think would be the biggest thing I've ever done. Probably. For sure since I started working here. Biggest thing ever. Well, kicking off a Super Bowl, I guess, really yeah. cool. That's going to be tough. But, but since I've started working here, your second career, if you will, I think. I mean. Yeah, it's also stupid. I thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, be a friend. Tell a friend if you like this show. If not, you know, just do what you got to do. Just act like it didn't happen. Ty Schmidt, we'll be back. Feel good Friday tomorrow. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.